into the party wagon and hold on to your pizza. In this podcast, we're going to be talking about The Last Ronin Issue 2. I just want to preference, if you haven't listened to our previous episode about The Last Ronin, or if you have not read Issue 1, just uh, stop now and come back to this one later. This is for uh, Part 2, so there's going to be an immense amount of spoilers, and I just want to give fair warning. So please take this time to go and listen to the first episode, or uh, make sure that you go out and actually buy it. So make sure that we can support. This is one of the biggest comic books that has been out in a very long time. So uh, make sure you do that and support the artist. All right, with that said, I'm going to lead into The Last Ronin, Issue 2. Story by Kevin Eastman, Peter Laird, and Tom Waltz. Script by Tom Waltz and Kevin Eastman. Layouts by Kevin Eastman. Pencil and inks by Iseo and Isaac Escarosa. Ben Bishop and Kevin Eastman. Color assistance by Samuel Plata. Colors by Luis Antonio Delgado. Letters by Sean Lee. Additional editorial coordination by R.G. Lorena and Bobby Kernow. Last Ronin Part 2, First to Fall. Now, we see April O'Neil, haggard and old. She wakes up, tear in her eye, as she comes comes to consciousness in her bed. Then, we see, second time around, this is the uh, store that she used to live in, the second-hand store. What the heck is taking so long? Casey, you told them 6.30 sharp, right? Everything's getting cold. We see Casey and April discussing some people who are late, and a candlelit dinner with a turkey and all the trimmings is set up on the table. Relax, April. You know, getting from the lay to here is always a pain in the butt. But all this food! We see April getting close to Casey. I'm fine, babe. It's, it's more worried about screwing up the toast later. Are you nervous to tell them? Sort of, but they're family. You can't believe, uh... I can't believe you said yes. As he caresses her hand to see that there's an engagement ring. April says, well, I used to think I'd end up marrying you out of pity. But then I couldn't wait for you to ask me. You took so long. Sorry about that. It's just that the streets were never really showed me how to care for anything more than myself or my life. Which sounds kind of stupid, because I wouldn't even have a life if it wasn't for you and the guys. Speaking of, you're right. They're taking way too long to get here. I'm starving. I know it's not like them. Flam! Raphael slams open the door, his fists covered in blood, as he runs in armed to the teeth with all sorts of blades and pouches on him. Incoming! Make a hole! Oh my god, Raph! Ambush! <laughs> Knocks all the food off of the the dining room table, leaving just a huge mess where all the food was. Ambush who? says Casey. Raph, you're hurt. Forget me, Master Splinter. Michelangelo and Donatello come in, carrying a very damaged Master Splinter on their arms. Over here! Raph, where? April, grab the med kit. Bring everything. <sighs> Splinter looks very worse for wear. We see Donatello wearing a Cousin Eddie-style uh, hat from a National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation as he uh, brings in Master Splinter, and they place him on the table. We go back to now, where April wakes up. It looks like she's got a headache. We see a little bit of her room. She's on what looks like a medical bed, and we can see around her there's one boot, looks like a robotic leg on the floor, a robotic arm, and her arm is hidden underneath a pillow, and we can see one leg that shows uh, underneath the covers. There's definitely some, looks like an iPad, and some food, and wrenches, and things like that in this room so it looks like she's definitely had some definitely had some hard times here back to splinter this is bad easy easy says mike splinter's laid out on the table we can see that he is very injured there's gashes all over him especially on his leg there's blood all over his kimono donnie help me cut the clothing and clear all this blood i i i don't know where to start snap out of it we need to find which wounds are the most dangerous focus yeah okay I, i'm good who the hell ambushed you 
foot bastards. Large strike team jumped us. We came out of the sewers. Leonardo, says Splinter. Rear guard, Sensei. Making sure we all got clear, says Mikey. Screw that. Come on, ref. Let's go make sure Leo got clear, too. Straight, damn it, body count time. Every damn foot in this city is about to find out how big a mistake they made tonight. Stand down, Raph, says Leo. Leo shows up with his sword and puts back in into the sheath on his back. He's wearing a long uh, brown trench coat. We're good for now. I turned the last of them back at the subway. Looks like they might be running towards the east side. The docks, maybe. What about the truce, Leo? I, I thought we was past this with them. Honestly, I'm surprised it lasted as long as it did. April says, That's what you get when you make deals with the devil. How's father? Says Leo. He's lost so much blood. We're doing the best that we can, but without a real doctor, I don't know if we can save him. Leo just looks to the side. Understood. Casey, pull the van around. I'll call Dr. Lee. What? I know we shouldn't move him, but... No, you're, you're right, April. We, we need help, says Donnie. Splinter tries to speak meekly. This war, just a matter of time. Oroko against Hamato, always. Karai trying to end it once and for all. Shh, we got you, Sensei, it's okay, says Michelangelo as a tear runs down his cheek. Hey, where's Raph? says Casey. Leonardo just stands there. Damn it. Back to now, we see April trying to get up. Now we can see that she has a stump for a hand and a stump for a leg on the opposite side of her body. She reaches over and grabs her cybernetic hand, and with a click, she puts it on. We can see as she attaches it. Next, she reaches over to the leg, which is just out of reach, and she's, she kind of fumbles with it. Damn! It's kind of tough for her to get up and see it. She looks over at the wall and says, Hey, Casey, a little help here? As we see a bag of golf clubs and hot, full of hockey sticks and sporting equipment that Casey used to use, and his mask sitting there next to um, some old equipment. Next, we see the Ronin. Lights match. The whole April still being alive thing is nuts, huh? Yeah, hard to believe anyone survived that. Talk about miracles. We see him as he's trying to make tea. He looks at the kitchen table in the old sewer layer and he sees Leonardo, Raphael, and Donatello all giving him colorful commentary. Shh, he likes another match. Last thing I remember was the explosion. And then, says the Ronin, I was pretty out of it. Bad when I finally came to. Couldn't remember anything for days. I kind of missed that one, I guess. No kind of about that, Raph. Why was that, huh? I don't know, Donnie. Would it be because he flipped out and ran off and did something stupidly hot-headed again, would it? And how many times has my stupid hothead saved all your asses, Leo? Not enough, says the Ronin. Tea's ready. Never enough. Yeah, at least I didn't try to off myself at the first whiff of failure. You stupid, pathetic fool! You always make this entire life all about you! I fought every battle you have, every, even the idiotic ones that you started, and still you want to judge me? Ronan's pissed. He throws the hot tea kettle at the wall, and we see it's just an empty table. You knew it was my mission, was a one-way ticket from the start. And our father, for our family, for our honor. He puts it back on, on the stove and heats up. He has four, four cups for tea that he pours. After the tea is finished, I will finish what we started. What Master Splinter raised us to do. The last Oroko. As the three ghostly turtles all raise their cup and toast him, he toasts them back. On the next page, it leads to the last Oroko must die. We see Raphael, hot-headed as ever, running off across the rooftop. Really cool picture here as the art changes from the uh, 
from the original artist uh, to Ben Bishop's art. And we can see a really cool iconic post of, or a picture of Raphael in kind of like where his size drawn kicking out his leg. He jumps down into the subway. Whoa, you see that? What? As we see two, two figures that you might recognize as Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird eating pizza. They didn't quite see him as he went by. Blood, that's what he says. As he looks, where is she? As he grabs a foot soldier, drags him into a culvert, and then leaves him imbeciles. Then we see highlight of the docks where Karai is talking to the foot, who all stand there looking like they're very ragged after a battle with Leonardo. I gave you one simple command, kill the mutants, and now you have the utter gall to return here, nurse your own pathetic wounds, and wallow in your failure? This will not stand. We will finish what we have started. The truce between the Foot and the Hamato clans has been broken. Blood has been spilled. We see a Karai here who looks very sallow in face, with her, her face drawn and a big glower on her face, and she looks very much like Electra, with four swords behind her. We see that Raphael has made it in here, and he's making his way through the crowd, just snapping necks and stabbing people as he goes through. He jumps in and with an upside-down uh, movement stabs two people with size in the lungs, and then one into the neck. And he's just making a bloody swath and kicking his foot in the face, and trying to make his way to towards Karai. Karai looks at the foot elite and yells, DESTROY THE BEAST! Raphael's one response is, BRING IT! He clutches his sigh and takes out five foot all at once. Then another one. Sending these wimps to do your dirty work, huh, Karai? You made one mistake. You made that mistake once tonight. You ambushed my family, killed my father. Only one way this ends. Raphael is utterly peppered with throwing stars and arrows, as we can see it all sticking onto the harness that he's wearing. So stop hiding behind these scrubs and let's finish this once and for all. He's absolutely bloody and torn up and it's hard to decipher if the blood is his or if it's that coming off of the foot soldiers that he's absolutely decimating. As she jumps in from behind the scene of a red moon, we see him sitting there waiting for her size drawn. Yes, we will. Foolish, undisciplined brute. Brute. You got no idea. She slashes at him with a sword and he kicks her, n disarming her as he stabs her right through the fore right through the forearm with a sigh. She reels back. Enough! My soldiers have failed to make to break take your head, mutant, but I will not. Now disarmed of his other sigh, he blocks her sword with uh, his left hand. You missed! Ugh. My turn! As he takes her and he dives and backwards and takes her with him into the water. We see as they fall into the water, into his own element, that Karai reaches down to his thigh to pull out a blade. It looks like a throwing blade or a kunai. She reaches for it and manages to pull it away from his thigh and she slashes at him across the face. And when she does this, he takes his thigh and jams it into the back of her lung stabbing her she at that same time jabs it up underneath his up underneath his chin killing him in the process we see a gasp of air bubbles as she floats almost lifelessly to the to the surface his sigh released from hand sinks down into the water and then a sole page of just his sigh sinking to the bottom of the ocean back to now michelangelo what the heck are you doing up you should be resting says april uh I couldn't sleep, so I made some tea. Hope that's okay. We can see a lot more of Michelangelo now that he's not wearing any of his Ronin gear. He's standing there basically as a new turtle mutant, just covered with some bandages. It does appear that he has healed quite a bit, and his body looks very different than it did to that of a teenager. Lots more speckles and spots, uh, almost like an older tortoise. Of course it is. Uh, it's your kitchen. It was before I moved in. And sorry, I just got... 
worried when uh, you, I didn't find you in your bed. The tea's from when you used to live here. I hope it's still good. <laughs> Best cup of tea I've had in a long time. Me? I run on high octane these days, as she holds up a big thing of coffee. Sometimes there's not enough caffeine in the world, you know? Michelangelo looks over at her arm. She goes, huh, my arm? Yeah, uh, sorry. Don't be. Just, I've got one leg just like it. Souvenirs from the last time we saw each other. I'm so happy you're alive, Mikey. Oh uh, yeah, thanks, April. You too. All this time, I thought. I know, we've got some serious catching up to do. But not before we get some breakfast in us. These eggs are real, by the way. Not the synthetic crap that we're usually stuck with, courtesy of the black market. Fresh batch, too. Can't let Salmonella finish what Hiroto couldn't. Word is on the street you really rattled his cage. Maybe. But rattling cages wasn't the plan. I'm sure it wasn't. You know, you're lucky to be alive. Yeah, still trying to process it all. That fall would have killed me when I was younger. Instead, well... I'm not Donatello, but it doesn't take a genius to see that your mutation has pro progressed over the years. You're bigger, stronger, and healing amazingly fast. Not my head, everything's so fuzzy, as he grabs his head. Looks like he has a headache. Still don't know how I got back here, back to the lair. Hold that thought. Casey, breakfast! What? Casey's still alive too? Michelangelo, I'd like you to meet my daughter, Casey Marie Jones. At this point, we see a woman who is dark of hair. She's got her hair back in a ponytail. She has her hands wrapped as if she was a martial arts fighter doing some striking training. She wears a purple top with white boots and uh, some blue jeans. This is Casey Marie Jones. We kind of met already. You were a lot less conscious and a lot more bloody at the time. This is so weird. I've, I've been hearing about you turtles all my life, but I never thought I'd get to meet one of you for real. Obviously got that wrong, huh? Casey? Yep, that's me. You're supposed to be the funny one, right? Like I said, lots of things to catch up on. Back in the tower, we see Hiroto Oroko, who is trying to do, get some practice in. What is wrong with you? I said, show me a decent fight! As he holds two Eskrima sticks, as he fights on to seven of the Ninja Foot Clan members. They're all attacking at once. Kill me, cowards, or I will have you killed! Yes, that's it. As they attack him with the sticks, more deadly this time, with more force. Ha! It seems that they're very reticent in attacking their master. Huh. He, take, he takes one out with a knee strike, grabs two at a time and takes them out and with the flip maneuvers, then throws another one. Ha! Finally a decent strike! Excellent strike! Most masterful! Unfortunately for you, there is only one master. He pulls a knife from out behind his, his backside and then slits the throat of the one who actually struck him. We can see why they were right to actually not attack him full. The lesson has ended. Clean up this mess. Come here, Captain Fudica. He says he wants a full update. So we notice that the captain's that the captain's name is different. Has our little problem been solved, Captain? No, Master, the rogue mutant has not yet been located. Hmm, disappointing. There was a time when those things slinked through alleys and across the rooftops of the city with near impunity. They even had an utter audacity to brand themselves ninja, even though it was far less impressive than that. The creature is fearfully sulking in the shadows, no doubt, which means a shift in tactics is in order, dear Captain. A shift, Master? Yes. I want all your troops engaged in full crackdown of the city inside and out. And once we capture the filthy creature, we will destroy it. As he holds on to a crow, we can see that his arms are heavily tattooed with looks like some ceremonial tattoos, um, Asian in nature. He then grabs a glass of wine. We will then destroy it with extreme public prejudice. Now go, Captain. See to my orders, but remember, you were newly raised to the rank in the wake of Captain Izuka's failure. Will not allow for your inability to locate the beast just this once. 
the price for failing me again will be the same as your predecessors. So we can see the two crows are actually picking the eyes and the flesh off of the previous captain's head, which rested a pike in his office. Back to the sewer. Man, Mom, uh, after two hours of kendo, that sure hit the spot. I almost forgot what real man was like. Thanks, April. You're welcome. We do okay, all things considered. Just don't expect anything fancier in Rock Bottom. As they uh, start cleaning up the dishes, we see Casey starts to uh, clear the table off. Rock Bottom? Just a nickname for New York split into three districts. Top, middle, and bottom. Rock Bottom's the old street level. Our people. Then there's the rest of us. Rest of us? Yeah, Rock Bottom's on the battlefield, and the rest is the underground. We're the resistance. Which we'll tell him all about after he gets more rest. Maybe we can grab him some clean linen, hmm? Mm, okay, come on, Michelangelo. If there's one thing I, I know about my mom, she's not going to take no for an answer. So, kendo, huh? Yeah, been doing it since I was little. Other stuff, too. Hard not to. When you grow up in a place like this, we see the turtles' old training room with all kinds of weapons for them to practice with, weights to lift. Looks like it was set up just the way it was when they were living here. Blows my mind to be standing here with you. I heard so many stories, and my mom showed me some of the old photos. You guys practically like storybook heroes to me. I even tried to learn as much martial arts as I could, on my own mostly. Spent a lot of time at old training videos and reading a lot. You know, the ninja warrior part, where she picks up a sword and holds it. That always gets me pumped. Uh, I'm not really sure if pumped is the goal. Well, I know some of the history too, things like Bushido and Seppuku, as she pulls out what looks like the four masks and the four weapons in Splinter's journal from when he was going to commit seppuku in the previous issue. These are very personal to me, thank you. Sure, once I saw who you were, I didn't want to leave anything behind. Considering what you were about to do, I understand why. You know the honor of it? Did you say anything to your mom? No, nothing. Things must have been pretty rough the last few years just to see a little bit of hope in her eyes again. Well, huh, thanks again. Actually... You can thank me more by telling me about this. My Japanese ain't the greatest, but understand enough to know the special handwritten journal. But, like instructions for all kinds of martial arts and styles and techniques? Important life lessons, right? Yeah, something like that. It was my father's. Can I ask you a question? Where have you been all this time? Yeah, that. Well, after all the bad stuff that happened, it was too much to handle, so... We now see the art style shift. It's the classic Kevin Eastman sort of style. We see that we see Michelangelo who is climbing up a mountain that is snow covered and he's wearing looks like some arctic gear. I just started walking. Into the mountains, a kid from the sewers of a lower Manhattan straight into the wild. Bad idea. I'd seen photos of snow covered mountains but never set foot on one being cold blooded. I didn't have a chance. So I found a place to meet my end. He looks in an old mine shaft. Days. Weeks. Maybe longer. I don't know how long I laid there. My mutant body would just not die. I started to hear voices telling me that my destiny was incomplete, that I couldn't leave yet. Eventually, it got warmer and the mountains provided more sustenance and solitude. That time, I took a deep look into my soul for answers. I read and reread my father's book, looking back for some kind of balance, maybe even a final piece. He sits there in meditation. We could see him wearing robes, ceremonial robes, almost a kimono, as he sits in the lotus position, meditating. I spent years alone thinking this was where I was supposed to be, like a stupid reward for some well-deserved punishment or something. That's not the way of the world. The real world found me again. Almost let it take me. We see a picture of looks like some men. Monster! Kill the freak! As they find him just tending a garden. I welcome the pain at first. At least felt something after all that time. 
Then I saw the looks in their faces, laughing, taking a life just for fun. No honor. That's when I got mad. So we see the faces looking down at him with their teeth, their teeth glaring as he raises his fist. And then we see he's taking them out. Then I got mad, really mad. We were raised with respect and honor, trained from birth for redemption of our family. That was the destiny on the battlefield, to the end. And we see after that point, he just walks on. Father's book was the path, to learn, to master all forms of martial arts, to adapt to every challenge, every form of combat. I was the last of my clan, masterless, Ronin, and it had to be up to me to restore our family's honor. We see him as he's practicing in what looks like a fighting dome, fighting arena, as he fights on with sticks, he fights with swords, he fights with the Sai, and he fights with uh, the Tonfa. Really cool art here. My training reached an end. There would be no peace until I fulfilled my destiny. Then the time had come to face it, as he hops from the mountain off of a horse and then onto a ship that's called Bernini, B-E-R-N-I-N-I, from Italy. As he heads into, it was time to come home and face it, as he heads into the port of New York City. We see him scrunched up in the hold with a whole bunch of rats, armed to the teeth with all the weapons that he had been practicing with. The art style shifts back to the main style here. To complete my master's mission, kill the last Roku. And this last page, what does it mean? It says, no peace. Means I still got a lot of work to do. Good, because my crew's going to help you. He just looks sideways, as if in pensive thought. No, I appreciate the offer, but I won't be responsible for anyone else getting killed because of me. Well, too bad, because I wasn't asking. You wouldn't even be standing here if it wasn't for us. We got trouble coming now that you stirred things up, so if you don't want help taking out Hiroto, then then stand in line. Heh. <laughs> What's so funny? Just trying to decide if you're more like your dad or your mom. As we see April, she goes over into her closet and she opens up a pair of French doors. We see that there's a little safe that she opens up. It says S-A-L-O. So it looks like Sal-O. And she opens up a combination lock with one of her hands that is still remaining in the other one, which is a mechanical hand the safe opens and she pulls out what looks like the head of professor honeycutt the fugitoid to be continued so that's the gist of the issue last ronin number two some really cool art and it goes between three different styles it's uh it's a great book there's a whole bunch of covers to this one i i know the first issue had over 69 different covers this one i think they're uh capping it at around 34 right now not including any other types of uh, variants highly recommend you go out and pick it up i know it's available via digital means as well but do yourself a favor and go out and check out the last ronin issue two issue three will be out relatively soon all right. Thanks, everyone, for listening to Epic Tales from the Sewers.
Hi, this is Adam, a.k.a. Casey Jones from Casey Jones Livewire, and you're listening to Epic Tales from the Sewers. Time for a knuckle sandwich, punk. Cowabunga, dudes! It's pizza time. And now, in a segment that we call Pizza Time, where we discuss any Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle or pizza-related food, I give you Pizza Time. Hello and welcome to Pizza Time. Today we're going to be talking about some very special specialty pizzas just in time for your St. Patrick's Day celebration. Corned beef pizza swirls. Alright, so I got this from a book called Faith, Hope, Love, and Luck. So on this there's 18 different ingredients and it should take you about 60 minutes. Just to let you know there's about 720 calories in here. So let's take a look. Ingredients that you're going to need. One cup of whole milk. Two teaspoons granulated sugar. 1 teaspoon active dry yeast, 1 tablespoon extra virgin olive oil, 2 teaspoons kosher salt, 2 teaspoons caraway seeds, those are whole, 2.5 cups of all-purpose flour, 1 teaspoon extra virgin olive oil, 1 half cup mayonnaise, 3 tablespoons dill pickles, 2 tablespoons ketchup, 2 dashes of hot sauce, 1 tablespoon light brown sugar, 1 fourth tablespoon of ground black pepper, one half tablespoon of onion powder, one pinch of garlic powder, three fourth pound of lunch meat, thinly sliced corned beef, one half pound of Swiss cheese, also thinly sliced lacy. Those are your ingredients. So here's how we're going to put it together. Directions. For the pizza dough, warm the milk to 100 degrees. This should take about 45 seconds in the microwave. If the milk is too hot, allow it to cool down to the correct temperature. Number two, add the sugar and yeast to the warm milk, then allow it to sit for 15 minutes. 3. On low speed, combine the milk mixture, 1 tablespoon of olive oil and salt and caraway seeds into a mixer for 1 minute. Step 4. Add the flour, 1 half cup at a time, just until combined. Step 5. Increase the speed to medium and then mix for 10 minutes. 6. Using your hands, coat a glass bowl with a, and a silicone spatula with 1 teaspoon of olive oil. Use the olive oil coated spatula to scrape the dough out of the mixing bowl and then use your hands to shape the dough into a smooth round ball. Place the dough ball into an oil-coated glass bowl, then cover with slightly damp dish towel. Allow the bowl to sit for at least two hours in a warm area of your house. Thousand Island Sauce. While you're waiting for the dough to rise, combine all the sauce ingredients. Step 2. Place the sauce in an airtight container in the refrigerator until use. Step 3. The Pizza Swirls. Liberally dust hands, rolling pin, and countertop with flour. Place the ball of dough onto the countertop, sprinkle with flour, and then roll the dough out evenly into a rectangle, roughly the size of a cookie sheet. Use a pastry brush to dust off any additional flour. Step 2. Top the rolled pizza dough with corned beef and then cheese. Step 3. Roll the dough into a log lengthwise. Place with the seam side facing down and then use a knife or a spatula to cut in 1 inch pizza swirls. Step 4. Place the swirls into a slipat or parchment paper lined baking sheet, slightly touching one another. Step 5. Preheat the oven to 375 degrees. Step 6. Cover the pizza swirls with foil that has been brushed with olive oil, then allow them to sit for 20 minutes. Step 7. Bake for 20 minutes covered in foil, and then remove the foil and bake for an additional 10 to 20 minutes, or until the pizza swirls are golden brown. Step 8. Serve with Thousand Island Sauce. Well, I hope that everyone is enjoying this. Um, you can add the chopped up pickles to the top of your Thousand Island Sauce and put them on top. And that will be your delightful corned beef pizza swirls. Thank you for listening to the Epic Tales from the Sewers podcast. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were created by Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird. This podcast has no affiliation with Eastman, Laird, 
IDW Studios, Nickelodeon Studios, Archie Comics, or any other Turtles properties. This podcast is a member of the Epic Sewers Podcast Network. Be sure to check out our other great shows, some turtle-related, some not. Thanks for listening. Epic Tales from the Sewers is recorded by Justin Cooper. Are you looking for a gift for the nostalgic nerd in your life? Try a candle from the Euphoric Tree Fort. Nostalgic novelty gifts for nerds. From birthdays to holidays, or just because, waft these smell-o-vision candles with fragrances from your favorite shows such as... Bob's Burgers, Simpsons, Dr. Seuss, Rick and Morty, Futurama, Adventure Time, Harry Potter, James and the Giant Peach, The Nightmare Before Christmas, Coraline, The Rugrats, Steven Universe, My Hero Academia, Dragon Ball Z, One Punch Man, Pokemon, Death Note, and Fairly Odd Parents. These soy candles won't gunk up your walls because they're dye-free, cruelty-free, and soot-free. Also, free souvenirs in every order over $20 and free shipping on orders over $75. With exciting scents like Nog, featuring eggnog and brandy, Christmas in Whoville, Fir Tree, Peppermint Bread and Sugar Plum, Truffula Tree, Butterfly Milk and Birch Tree, Mmm, Donuts, Donuts and Pink Icing, and the ever-popular Macon Bacon Pancakes, featuring bacon and buttermilk pancake and maple. They say that smell is the strongest sense tied to memory, and if these candles don't make you nostalgic, nothing will. And remember, if you use promo code ETFS10, you'll get a discount. Check out the website, euphorictreefort.com, for smell-o-vision candles and nostalgic gifts. Don't forget to use our code. Hey there, this is JB. And if you enjoy Tales from the Crypt, then check out my show, Tales from the Podcast, where myself, and usually a very special guest, sit down to discuss the TV show, the films, the animated series, as well as the original comics. So check me out every other week on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, and of course, at TalesFromThePodcast.com. Thanks for listening, kiddies. You're all a scream. (laughs) If you're into anime, manga, comic books, movie reviews, or just pop culture, Spoiler Force Podcast is the place for you. Not only do I talk about nerdy topics, I have conversations with a variety of guests, such as musicians, Comic-Con artists, cosplayers, other podcasters, and people from all over the world. Join me as I go on this journey to find ways to help others express themselves with their creativity. Hi everyone, this is Justin from the Fantastic Podcast. It's a show all about fan experiences from the things that we love. So whether it's your favorite musician, your favorite actor, maybe it could be about your favorite sports team, or maybe just uh, someone that you spent time with watching something that you loved when you were a kid. These are the kind of stories that we talk about. We uh, usually do a couple stories, and uh, it's a shorter podcast, so you can listen to it on lunch at work. So... uh, Please check us out at the Fantastic Podcast. You can find us where most podcasts are found. You can also find us on social media. Thanks a lot, and check out the Fantastic Podcast. Terrificon, Connecticut's number one Comic-Con, is back at Mohegan Sun on July 30th to August 1st. Meet actors and superheroes. Shop for cool stuff. It's three days of Comic-Con fun. 
Terrificon, Connecticut's number one comic con at Mohegan Sun, July 30th through August 1st. Learn more at Terrificon.com. Everyone thinks because you're a zombie, you don't know good coffee. Well, they're wrong. We have very active lifestyles. It's not all wandering the countryside aimlessly or scaring passing motorists. And we all love a good cup of joe. And there's only one brew that gets my seal of approval. Deadly Grounds Coffee is my guilty pleasure. Bold, robust, delicious. It's coffee that can wake the dead. <laughs> With over a dozen different roasts and flavors, Deadly Grounds can satisfy the most finicky of coffee addicts. The aroma is so intoxicating. It brings all of my neighbors out of the woodwork. Deadly Grounds Coffee. Coffee to die for and zombie approved. It's good to get a little deadly. Use the front door! Oh, they're so disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> 